Welcome back to episode four of the South London Press Football Pod. A bit of an emergency podcast this Sunday afternoon because Rich, Richard Cawley, the South London Press Sports Editor, a little bit of change at Millwall, something dramatic happened today. What what can you tell us? Yeah, I think what the name of the pod's going to be, because we always think about this, it's just come to me. Go with the Joe. And it's Very Joe Edwards. Joe Edwards, uh, set to be confirmed over maybe tomorrow or Tuesday, as the new head coach of Millwall. So a slightly different job title. Obviously, that indicates that his coaching credentials were absolutely central to uh, Millwall going down this road. So we we know that there were obviously other applicants that were spoken to. We've kind of touched on those um, in the last pod, I think, as well. And I think when you look at it, it's a it's a bold move. It's a big, big move by the new the new chairman, James Bevelson, you know, because he has had final say and influence on on what happens here and has been very much part of the process, I think, in terms of looking at the candidates. And we, I think the first pod we did, I think I said that one of the trains of thought was going for this up-and-coming coach, someone that was exciting, that hadn't got necessarily a managerial background as a boss himself, but was someone that could maybe just bring something different. So, yeah, it's a big, it's a really, really interesting appointment. And I think the timeline to this, as I say, I think the players are off Monday. I think the plan is probably that Joe Edwards will take his first training session with the Millwall players on Tuesday, and then his first game in charge will be away at Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. You mentioned sort of at the, at the last end of last week, it was sort of between Nathan Jones, Joe Edwards, Adam Barrett was still in the mix as well. Why do you think that, that Millwall have chosen to go down this route with Joe Edwards? I'm guessing, I mean, this is a bit of a guess because I'm not involved on the process, but it seems pretty clear that he has massively impressed. Um, and when you look at his background, I mean, uh, he's worked, I mean, at Chelsea, uh, when he when he left Chelsea to, to basically join um, Frank Lampard's coaching staff at Everton, he'd been there 27 years at Chelsea. I think he, he, he basically dropped, I was listening to an interview that he did a little bit earlier today when he joined Everton and he dropped out of uh, playing non-league football. Um, basically, he left, he, left, he left Chelsea, I think about 16, um, playing non-league football and then was offered the chance to come in and coach at Chelsea. And I think he said that he was a bit lost, I think, with his words that he used. And from there, he decided that he would play non-league, but he coached at Chelsea and got more involved. And eventually that was what he wanted to do. So he was back into Chelsea's uh, coaching setup at about the age of 19. So he's someone that's got really big experience of coaching top, top young players. And obviously at first team level as well, because um, he was, I think, it, again, this is from an interview that he did. He was set to join Frank Lampard or was in talks to go with Frank Lampard to Derby. Uh, but Lampard eventually got the Chelsea job, and that was why Joe Edwards then ended up on Frank Lampard's backroom team there. And obviously, even after Lampard left, he stayed on under Thomas Tuchel. Uh, they won the Champions League. 
Um, and obviously he was still involved there right up until Lampard got the Everton job. So he's someone that's got a background. I think the fact that he has worked with young players can only be good news for some of the very, very good young players that Millwall have got. I mean, we, you know, we talked about Romain Essay, Ida Mamaku, you know, there's, there's some really good young promising talent there. And there's more in that uh, Kevin Nugent squad, development squad. So I'm sure as well as working with the first team pros, which he will have done at Everton because he was assistant manager to Lampard at Everton and obviously at first team level for Chelsea. Um, he was involved with the other first team players. It's, it's a really interesting one. Um, I think Nathan Jones, I'm not saying this come into it, but it, it seemed to divide opinion a bit whether he would be the right man. Um, I've said before on other, pod, uh, on other pods that we've done that I could see some of his style of play and other bits and pieces that he did, particularly at Luton, um, fitting quite nicely. But it's going to be fascinating to see how Joe Edwards sets them up and the kind of how quick an impact he can have on this squad. You touched on it, touched on it there with the sort of the youngsters in the Millwall squad, the likes of SA, Idamo, even the young left back Adam Malik, I believe it is, um, yeah. coming through. Just having a look at the sort of players Joe Edwards has worked with during his coaching career: Mark Gahey, Connor Gallagher, Trevor Chalaber, Billy Gilmore, Reese James. These are top top young talents, and Millwall must be looking at it, thinking this guy knows how to sort of promote the youth, garner the youth talent and, and make them first team ready. So this is all around quite exciting for, for some of the young players on the fringes of the first team starting eleven. Yeah, absolutely. And you've also um you've also you've dropped some good name really interesting names in there. A couple of others that I think you might have worked with as well. Mason Mount, uh, Tammy Abraham. Um so yeah, he's definitely got um that kind of experience of working with young players. I mean, it's vital for Millwall that young players come through and play in the first team. And it's also important from a, from a, from a financial perspective that people like Romain Essay and, and, uh, and Idamo and people like that that you've mentioned, that they maximise their potential. Not only is it good for Millwall in the short to medium term, but potentially um, if you do develop young players and part of the process always at every level is selling young players on at whatever level you're at, then obviously that's going to help the club keep strengthening, keep building. And I mean, I think people sometimes don't like the sound of players moving on, but if you look at what Brentford have done um, as a model, they, they bought and sold, bought and, or, or, or sold and developed, sold and developed, and they kind of gradually kind of made strides in their squad and quite big strides at times. So I think that's part of it, but I'm not saying for one second that this is just let's develop young players and sell them. I don't think that's the case at all. I think, you know, one of the big things that, you can do is you can go for the kind of managers that have been out there and they've had some knocks and setbacks. But I think we said that when Gary Rowett left, it felt, it just felt a little bit jaded and it needed something different. And I mean, this definitely is that because, um, you know, Joe Edwards, as though he's been at big clubs, this is his first chance to really kind of strike out on his own. Um, so I think, it's going to be fascinating to see how he gets on. I mean, obviously, people are saying that one of the priorities for the new manager is to sort out the home form. Um, it's easier said than done just to say, oh, yeah, that all needs sorting out. I saw a few people saying that over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, very easy to talk about that. But he's got to get to know the squad as well, which which is obviously going to take a little bit of time. In the story that you wrote, I saw people underneath in comments and stuff asking about the backroom staff and what, and what this potentially means for Adam Barrett. Is there any sort of update you can give you can give the listeners on that? 
Yeah, well, I think at the moment, um, from what I understand, Joe Edwards will be bringing in Andy Myers as 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 part of his sort of backroom team. Um, last position or current position, I think, might be that he's the lone player technical coach at Chelsea. Um, he has worked with Edwards um, at Chelsea coming through. I think he was assistant to Joe um, at Chelsea in the development squad uh, when Joe was head coach of the development squad. Uh, and after that, he kind of had roles of his own at under-18 and development squad level. So he was effectively running the team um, after that, as I suppose Joe Edwards went up into more senior uh, positions. So I think that is going to be something we're going to see happen. In terms of Adam Barrett, all the info that I've had is that he will be staying. Um, I think um, Joe Edwards uh, wants Adam Barrett to stay. I also think Andy Myers and Adam Barrett might have been on the same pro license course as well. So there's a connection there. And when you talk about people, Adam Barrett is very experienced as a coach. And I think within the game, he's respected. So uh, it's not necessarily a huge surprise that he will be staying on. As to whether there's going to be any other uh, backroom changes at this stage, it's, it's too early to necessarily... Um, say for sure, but that that's as much as we sort of or I know at the moment on on the kind of shaping of the the backroom team. It, it feels like there's a lot more of these sort of appointments happening in the championship these days, even with uh, QPR bringing in the the coach from Sweden and things like that. Going down this more head coach progressive uh, style of of management, where they just focus on the team solely, really on the team, don't get involved in transfers, leave that to the backroom staff. Um, it's working in football and maybe Millwall have seen that working at other clubs and, and decided that this might be their best route to, to try and break into that top six because they're there and they're about every season. They're just missing that sort of final final bit to get in there. Yeah, and, and, and obviously the coaching of the players is absolutely central, isn't it? I think so many clubs have moved away from that structure of necessarily a manager having total control and being really heavily, heavily involved on transfers. And I think, um, I would think it's probably the same with Palace. You know, you talk about Roy Hodgson and he talks about Dougie Friedman, the sporting director. He talks about Steve Parrish. And same with Charlton. Now, obviously, Charlton haven't had success yet with the move. It's very early on with the Michael Appleton situation, but he is head coach. Dean Holden was manager. And this is something that a lot of clubs do because, as you say, the key thing is, if, if players can be coached well, you're going to get good results on the pitch. And also, crucially, players are going to develop and get better. And that's the other thing that is absolutely vital. And I think, although Joe Edwards might be known for helping develop young players, um, the interesting thing is that he has worked with big, big Premier League players in his previous jobs. So there's, no guarantee, there's nothing to say that other players that are a little bit longer in the tooth cannot also suddenly find an extra 5 or 10%, and they can be the margins. Now, whether it's going to happen this season for Millwall, I think after looking at the Southampton game, it's there's already a gap to the playoffs. And I think if you talk to quite a lot of Millwall fans, they don't necessarily think the top six is obtainable this season, but it's about building. And like you said, Ed, Gary Rapp was a very experienced manager who kind of got close but couldn't quite get there. And uh, this might be the approach that's that's, that's required. But, um, I mean, 
Joe Edwards was saying as well in the interview that I heard when he joined Everton that he actually came through almost as a coach, developed as a coach. He was in his late 20s, early 30s, at the same time as some of these young boys were sort of coming through as teenagers and then becoming into their 20s and kind of getting into the team. So he's also not a huge, he's not a huge age gap from some of these from some of these players. 37 years old, I think he is. So he can probably he's going to be older, but he's going to be able to relate to, he's going to be able to relate to these, these, these guys as well, which I think is important. You know, um, it's just going to be fascinating. I think probably potentially it'll probably meet, meet the media back end of the week or something like that. So if that's the case, we'll sort of hear his first words, but listening to some of the stuff he's done, he's very eloquent. He's clearly very intelligent uh, with the way that he kind of talks about his own background and his kind of experience so far. I was just having a look at the profiles of both Myers and, and Edwards. And for people who may be sort of worrying about the lack of experience that, that, that the duo might have, I, I know that this will be the first time Edwards has taken a senior role in management by himself. But Myers has managed over, looks like 100 games at youth level, um, been assistant manager at Vitez in, in Holland. So under 21 manager for Chelsea, uh, assistant manager for Chelsea. So there's definitely a lot of experience there with him and Edwards together. They could use their... Uh, their grassroots foundations and put it put it into place really at first team level between between the pair of them. Yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing is that as we touched on about Adam Barrett, obviously a new head a new head coach is going to form their own opinions on players. But with Adam Barrett, you have got someone that has been part of the backroom team for an extended period of time well, for a long time since Neil Harris was was at the football club. So I think that helps because I think you can also get a feel for things and sort of uh, probably quicker. I'm not saying that new people won't come in and want to make their own ideas up about things because they will, but I think it kind of helps. So both guys have had a lot of matches um, that they've got under their belts, but um, it's just going to be so interesting to see how they go because it is a big challenge and it looks from just a few of the reactions on social media to uh, when the story went out that, that we that we did on our, our website it seemed like Millwall fans seemed quite excited by it, and it seems that they said, "Wow, this is this is this is bold." And um, so I think I, I haven't seen a lot of negativity about it. I haven't seen anyone saying anything particularly that they're not going to kind of embrace it. Um, I, I guess the the thing again is whether if there is a slight change in style and it's a bit more possession based. I mean, on 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 Saturday there was a bit of impatience even when the game was nil-nil with Southampton because they had the ball at the back and it was that classic thing that Millwall didn't necessarily go and press because they were worried about the space they'd leave for for Southampton to play into. And so um, if there is a bit more of a possession style of uh, football, um, obviously fans are going to have to have to get into that and understand that it's not necessarily going to maybe be the same Millwall performances that we've seen at times where Maybe te- maybe there's more of a technical demand on the players, but it's interesting. Um, Joe Edwards was saying on the interview again with I'm name checking the Everton one because it was quite a long interview, but he talked about the fact that there was pressure at Chelsea, and he said it wasn't necessarily coming from higher up from the sort of management or his immediate managers above him that were in, in the in the sort of chain of command. But he said when you're working with the best young player, some of the best young players in the country at one of the biggest clubs in the country. He said there is a pressure to be winning things. And so he's had that pressure. I don't think people should think, I'm not saying they are, but I don't think people should think, oh, just because um, he was in 
the academy set up for a long, long time that you don't have to deliver and perform very, very well because he obviously does. I don't think you stay in those jobs for that length of time if you're not very, very good at, your, at what you do. I was just having a look at the formation that he likes to play. I mean, Transfer Mark has it down as a as a four two three one. I was looking at his England teams just now that he he fielded recently. The key to that sort of four two three one is the number ten, the one that plays just behind the striker and links it all together. I mean, the way Zian Fleming's sort of found form of late, and, and obviously I know he didn't score on Saturday, but and what he did last season, it's a sort of a, a mouth watering prospect, a little bit of what he could unlock with him as well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think that's that's definitely something that you'd look at. I mean, four two three one is effectively what Millwall are playing under Adam Barrett as well at the moment. Prior to that, Gary Rowett had quite often played five at the back, and or predominantly played five at the back. And Millwall fans didn't like it. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Whether whether Gary Rowett as a, a manager for a long time would. I mean, he used to keep talking about the fact that teams like Luton and Coventry and teams like that all play wing-backs as well and had success. Sheffield United obviously played a five at the back, say, under Chris Wilder, and it worked really well. But um, it's certainly a squad that is probably set up more to play. I think the plan in the summer was that the team would probably go to a four. Um, So the squad's kind of set up for it. Um, But the other thing I don't know, and again, it's it's me speculating, but I'd imagine that Joe Edwards must have a pretty good contacts book of young players that he's worked with and I think that's quite quite something to maybe look forward to that um, if there's players that have loved playing under him um, and I'm not just talking about loan signings I mean there could be players at clubs that he knows and young players that he thinks no they're not getting enough out of them we can get them it's going to be the right deal for us so I think I know we're saying that the transfer side as head coach that is his primary sort of mandate to coach the players but I think away from that, I think there is the fact that he, you know, it's not going to be like there isn't a reciprocal relationship where he can't contribute and say, this player here, he's cracking. I know I can get more out of him. So I think that's something that could be could be pretty interesting to keep an eye on as well. And just finally, Rich, if all goes to plan, it all gets done at the start of this week, then Sheffield Wednesday uh, on Saturday is going to be his first game in charge. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Like I say, I think... Uh, you look at Millwall and so far they've they've been better away than at home. So maybe maybe that's what you want. Um it certainly it certainly has been very difficult at the den. Um I think um I put a stat at, put a stat in some of my stuff yesterday that only QPR have lost as many matches as as Millwall at home this season. It's a fresh start, so it doesn't really mean that much. I don't know, but I mean, I think there was it was funny. A few people I was talking to on Saturday were saying, "Thank God, Sheffield Wednesday um, finally got their first win of the season." Because they said, without that, you know, it's nailed on that Millwall would go there and they would, you know, Sheffield Wednesday would get their first win. I think that probably is football fans speak generally. I'm very much the same with Fulham. If ever there's a striker or a player that hasn't scored for a while or a team that are out of sorts, you kind of think that Fulham are gonna going to be there and be the side that, that kind of indulges them. But it's it's kind of a big game as well because I think, you know, Millwall are 18th in the table, seven points clear of the relegation zone. Uh, they've got an eight-point gap, I think it is, off the top of my head or something like that to Preston. So um, this is a biggie. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's going to, it's, it's just going to be very interesting to see how he sets up. And 
can he get immediate? Can he get an immediate reaction? Can he get an immediate response mm. to the team? Uh, because I, I think it will freshen things up naturally that you've got someone new in there, a new voice, uh, someone that hasn't. You know, when you look at it, Millwall have had, for good or bad, they've had the same manager for for four, nearly four years, and so this definitely does. Like I said already, it felt like he needed something to invigorate it, um, and I think this this is definitely going to have that that effect. So exciting week for sure. We'll definitely keep you up to date with with everything across the Edwards appointment this week at Millwall, from press conferences to reaction from outside uh, outside the den. So, Rich, thank you very much for for joining us this afternoon. I'm sure we'll do another pod later on in the week, rounding it all up. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot. Perfect. We'll speak soon. Cheers.